Hey beauties, we want to hear your story. Have you overcome odds caked up against you like a bad foundation? Share your story unapologetically for a chance to win our signature Hood Queen Beauty Kit and an exclusive Beauty and the Beast session with a makeup artist from within our network. Use hashtag unapologeticbeauty, hashtag HQMyStory, and the winner will be announced on September the 14th on our IG Live at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be sure to follow and subscribe. Hood Queen Cosmetics, unapologetic beauty. back with another episode of Own Your Shit Podcast. <laughs> and today, you guys, we have with us, I want you guys to welcome today's guest, Miss Shelly R. Warren. Shelly is a marriage life coach who is also certified in holistic and trauma coaching. She's a doula, a two-time published author, a full-time sex and relationship writer with her byline being in over 70 publications to date. Yeah, she's the embodiment of Black excellence, you guys. In the year 2000, she vowed to never work in an office setting again, and she hasn't. Her aspirations have been centered around studying and nurturing relationships between Black men and women, with her heart's core foundation being the Black man. She works alongside organizations that support breaking toxic patterns that are connected to a lack of self-love and self-awareness. She's pro-Black love, extremely anti-misogyny and very engrossed in all things progressive on the emotional tip. Life has been a lot, yet it's also been purposeful. And she's joined us today to hold the conversation that is purpose to educate us on how to better love and support Black men. Welcome, Miss Shelley. I'm so happy to have you join me today. Thank you, Kenya. And Kenya <laughs> picked the title, so I'm hype about that. You can talk yes, about that yes. all day. <laughs> Yes, yes, because I know that is your core. That is that is your focus. There is so much content um, online and just over the internet, Google is just so much content that points out what's wrong with a black man, all of the challenges of a black man and what a black man isn't doing. And I'm like, okay, we need to have a conversation to restructure this narrative and just educate us as women um, with you being a certified marriage coach, trauma coach, and just having the knowledge and the expertise that you have, educating us on women, um, how could we better love and support a Black man? So, so a question I get asked often is how I became like this passionate because I'm very impassioned mm-hmm. um, to the point where sometimes when I'm writing articles people will, will ask me if I'm posing as a guy saying I'm a woman because I'm that team man and a big part of this because um, nine years ago last month my dad took his life we were very close. Wow. And a big part of it is because of the toxic women in his life mm. um, since birth. So, so sorry to hear that. Thank you. Um, I was very pro-Black men before that, but it made me way more aggressive. And even yes, violent. Um, mm. Because violent means intense force. And yes, that. Because mm-hmm. my father was a good man, a broken man, a hurting man. 
Um, and a big part of it is because <laughs> words hurt. They don't they just do. hurt women. They hurt men. Mm -hmm. um, so it made me become more of a black male advocate. And what I mean by that is it's hard to love what you don't know. And yeah. you don't know just because you are. And what I mean by that is we don't know black men just because we're black women. Exactly. What we have in common is ethnicity, but that does not mean our needs are the same. Mm -hmm. And so I've spent definitely since my dad's died before that, but more intensely. So that's almost a decade, right? Of just studying black men. So what does that mean? Um, polling black men, surveying black men. I read news articles every day on black men. Um, I have a good network of black male friends. I, I think one of the biggest detriments of black women is just talking to black women about black men. Mm -hmm. You need to go talk to black men about black men. About black men. That's right. If you want to learn. Um, now, if you just want to have your ego stroked and, and a golden corral of women agreeing with you all the time, then talk to women. But if you want to talk to men, learn about men, talk to men. So I'm really, I'm sure you're not shocked by any stretch. I get to pick me, which is hilarious to me because every time I hear that, that sounds like children on the playground. I don't even know who made that up, but you should find her and interview her. Like that's <laughs> no child. But I definitely get to pick me. I get the, you know, um, you hate women. You And I'm just, I'm amazed because loving a black man doesn't mean you hate black women black women no not at all Loving black men actually means you love black women black men yes that's what we've missed and i think it's important that we understand that love i think understanding that love can hold you accountable in love is so important you know it's so important and I don't get enough of um, the love, the loving correction. And I don't see enough of conversations that are being held where it's not, well, it's the black woman's fault and it's the black man's fault. Instead of it being a cohesive conversation of accountability on both parts to where cohesively, if we take accountability for those things within then we can work collectively together to bring something better to the forefront versus it being a bunch of like blame. It's a lot of blame or um, no accountability um, on either part. Sometimes I'm, I see a lot of even podcasting where it's always it's rah-rah to this group and it's rah-rah to the next group. And I'm one of those people that I think it's imperative that we just have those conversations that help us get to the core of things, but also allow us to heal and become more unified. That's what I would like to see happen um, with us culturally. But for me, I thought it was important to have this conversation with you, with the fact of your background, with the fact that you have um, like you shared, where the root of your passion comes from and that you already had that passion there and that to be able to have someone come and share your your knowledge 
your your story, um, your insight from a more therapeutic standpoint. Mm. I thought that that was important. So and there's so, like, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. So there's layers to what you said, right? Um, 1000% something I say, even when I'm in my sessions with couples, especially couples who are looking to get married. If you're not looking to be held accountable, stay single. Mm-hmm. One of the main purposes of a marriage partner is you have an accountability partner that you can trust. But that's someone that holds you to your you know what I'm saying? If you if you can't hear about yourself. So the thing that I think is interesting is I do hear the term gender wars a lot. Um, to a certain degree, that's valid. I think it depends on the motive of whoever's starting the war. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think a lot of people are just jarred, you know, so, so let's go there. Kevin Samuels was jarring for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um he didn't bother me. I'm sure you're not shocked by this. He didn't bother me nearly as much as he bothered a lot of people. Because isn't it interesting? I won't name names because I don't feel like having these people in my inbox. But a lot of people have taken his talking points, men and women. They have. They really See, have. Some of the very women that were talking against him before he died have his talking points on their show. <laughs> he was jarring because Actually, I think it had gotten slanted over mm-hmm. to the female team to where we would dish it, but we could not take it. And mm-hmm. we were getting loud and dishing it and could not mm-hmm. take it. So then when Kevin said, because I've even debated with black men about Kevin, the black men who were triggered. But I thought it was interesting that these men came from single mothers, mm-hmm. which means they weren't used to hearing a black male voice. Mm-hmm. telling them what their standards should be. They were used to hearing a black woman tell them what their standards should not be. So one of the debates I had with a black male friend of mine all the time, who's also a coach, he's a relationship coach, is he was like, I don't like his delivery. Fair. But I thought it was interesting that a lot of times, if you really watch Kevin's shows, his energy switched based on your energy. On yours, yeah. And that's and I kind of like that because it mirrored to us. Sometimes we weren't realizing how crazy we were talking. Mm-hmm. So somebody called crazy back. Back. That's right. And now you're like, don't disrespect me. He's like, oh, but you're fine disrespecting me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So to your point about accountability, I agree. If we're warring just to war, that's pointless. The very and pointless. I agree. But if we're doing it to show you yourself, I don't have a problem with that. Um, sometimes you need to see yourself mm-hmm. to get better, right? Right. And then social media is a whole nother show. Um, but a statement <laughs> that I use often is a lot of people don't want a partner. They want an audience. Mm. So there's plenty of studies that are showing we're cultivating, literally cultivating, and not in the positive way, narcissists on a daily basis via social media, because mm. we're not looking for someone to grow us. We're looking for someone to applaud us. Mm. So that's another reason why we're using the trigger gender war, because the minute, you know, like you'll see women say, well, I deserve a $200 date. And then the guy is like, no, nah, you actually don't. I want to take you on a coffee date. Now, when a guy's giving you pushback, we call it a gender war. Why isn't it just his opinion? 
because we haven't yeah. been hearing their opinion for a long time. Um, and so Kevin Samuels, Don Lexi, uh, mediocre tutorials and reviews, Charles and Charles pod podcast, he's dope. The poor man's podcast. Those are the ones that immediately come to mind. Um, a different perspective. These are black men you can find in the YouTube space that I applaud. Mm -hmm. Are they firm? Yeah. Are Very. they non-compromising? Yeah. But are they actually um, worthy of, of a platform because they back up what they preach? Yeah. These are solid, accomplished, educated black men with a standard. Good mm -hmm. for them. That's not creating a gender war. They're just speaking up for themselves. No, not at that. all. Mm, I celebrate that. Mm -hmm. And so I guess one of my first questions, because I'm going to talk, I, I want to mention there's this show that I watch. Um, okay. I know you're probably familiar with it. It's Tyler Perry's show. He has the show Sisters, of course. And then mm -hmm. from the show Sister, he did a spinoff called Zatima, which highlights this couple, Zach and Fatima. Mm -hmm. And so there was an episode that I watched recently where, because you mentioned you shared your story of your father, and um, there are a lot of men in that particular space, just as there are women in spaces as such as that. But on this show, um, Tyler is highlighting what's taking place with Zach, basically what has formed Zach to become who Zach is currently. Mm -hmm. And so on this episode, Zach gets to sit with a therapist and a therapist is explaining to him because we get to see him have this dynamic that is really toxic and unhealthy from with his mother. And, and he tells the story of his mom leaving him when things were good in their life. And he was at the age of seven. And uh -huh. so the therapist begins to break down to Zach that he has this behavior where he um, it, he's he's self-destructive with he, he self-sabotages where he um, when things are good, he looks for things and he creates chaos because he's expecting the people that he may be in that good space with or even in that good, healthy relationship with he's expecting well, it's good. So something is eventually is going to happen. That's going to be bad. That's going to cause this person to leave me, not even associating it with the fact that this was his own trauma from his childhood that was created by his mother. Mm -hmm. And so um, part of, I had a, like a real aha moment just watching that. And it made me think like, how many other black men are out there that women just look at them as he's a cheetah and he can't do, you know, he can't do all of these things, but to watch this therapist take this man who's really in this space where he's just really, he's trying to get it right. He's trying to do the things that are necessary for him. He's trying to show up and be the man that his woman is requesting him to be. He's trying to, stay and be a committed man and not revert to his old patterns and his old ways. And it took him sitting down talking to this therapist for the therapist to help him even identify that where his behavior is actually rooted from, because sometimes they're just, sometimes 
you know, women, we women can sometimes just think a man is just behaving and he's just treating me bad or he's just doing all this horrible stuff, not understanding the the different layers to him that may have him in this space that we really don't understand. Yes. I, I'm also curious about when are we going to take accountability for the kind of people we pick? Because um, so let's do like single dads. Okay. Let's let's roll let's roll back even before that. Let's do feminism real quick. Okay. Absolutely am not one. And I will sleep like a baby saying it. <laughs> um there's a biblical term complementarian. I probably fit that best, which means we're here to compliment the opposite mm -hmm. gender. Um we are equal in value, different in purpose. That's where I stand on it. So with that said, Gloria Steinem is evil. Let's just go. Y'all should really read up on her and her agenda against the Black community. Um, so feminism came into the Black family and told Black women, you don't need a Black man. Mm. White women told us, while they still fetishize our men. Let's add that too. So a lot of times when I'm listening to men ain't shit, and it, 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 I, I often say some of y'all sound worse than hoods talking about black men. Mm -hmm. And a big part of it is because of the programming. Um, there's parroting of it. So let's do single black dads. Studies show they're actually more active and more present than any other ethnicity in this country. But actually we're parroting the same lie that other ethnicities do about our people. So one of my biggest triggers is before you vent and rant, research. Mm -hmm. um, know what you're talking about. And, and let's not generalize just because of your one experience, right? So you had a bad experience with your child's father. Now all men ain't shit. No, the guy you picked happened. And own that you picked him too. Because exactly. The same way that the young man, the character that you're speaking of had to go to therapy, the women who are doing the venting should go to therapy exactly. as well to see what, what that's about, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one layer. Um, black men in therapy. Studies also support, they're not anti-therapy. They're hesitant about getting a female therapist, but I think we would get why. Um, they don't want to be mothered. They don't mm -hmm. want power being told. Because here's the other thing, Kenya. These TikTok therapists. So <laughs> the young lady, I'm like, and she literally has letters. The young lady that went viral, I'm going to be kind of mm -hmm. specific and vague at the same time. But okay. I'm sure you saw her and she was saying men are trash and then she got fired. Okay, I just saw a TikTok of her recently and she did this whole thing about her vagina. Did you see it? Mm -mm, I haven't seen that one. My vagina's fat. My vagina, she's P word. It's, it's, it's warm. It's wet. You're a whole mental health professional. What is going on, right? So men are like, why would I go to her? Exactly. So we're pushing this narrative or let's do this. Again, do your research. Men need to get more in touch with their emotions. They need to cry more. There's mm -hmm. a literal scientific reason why men don't cry more. They have more testosterone and less prolactin. 
put those two things together, they cry less scientifically. Science. So scientifically, they cry less because that was one of my questions that I wanted to t- wanted to be get wanted to get into with you when they say, "Well, men don't cry," and I'm like, "Well, what does it really mean to cry like a man?" Like I don't, I don't. It's it has to have a different meaning from us as it women. Does. Like we're more emo, we're more we're designed we to be more emotional. Um, I feel that our role as women is to help them identify and to tap into that emotional space but I don't think it's their responsibility to live in that space I think that it's where we bring about a balance when it's healthy balance is a great word femininity and masculinity are supposed to balance the issue that we have now another pet peeve of mine is single moms that say I'm the mommy and the daddy you're not you may be a fabulous mom you're not the dad um father's day is not for you you have a whole day the month before relax I cannot stand that. And I myself, I'm a single mother, but I'm a single mother because I'm not in a relationship. Mm. I have an amazing co-parent. Nice. Um, yeah. And we co-parent and I make it my business to, you know, work with my co-parent to help him understand like what's important, what's important nice. for us to understand when it comes to his education his mental health and my babies, he's only six. And the one thing I know is I can't teach him how to be a man. I can teach him how to care. I can nurture him. I can guide him. I can love him. But when he needs to tap into those masculine emotions that I do not understand, that is where his dad steps in. That is where my village comes into play. My brother, my guy cousins, those that I feel would be better proactive in those areas of his life and he understands that he has them there he's only six but i understand he's that. not only six right because so much of their personality before six right exactly and it's amazing he amazes me because he he's six but he's like he wants a beard and he you know all of this other stuff and and it's like i i know for a fact it's important that I display a healthy relationship with my co-parent so that my son can see that I dislike when I see women be like men ain't shit or they say, oh, you look just like your damn daddy. You know, when they're fussing at their children and things of that nature, I've seen it all, heard it all and made it my business to say I that won't be the situation. I don't want that to be the situation, even though he he's being raised and reared from our home to his dad's home, I still want him to feel that the loving energy, mm-hmm. it just reflects no matter when, if he's with me or when he's with his dad and he sees us as being teammates that understand that his best interest is our best interest. I mean, and and part of the reason why, so I, I celebrate that, um, not just you, but his father as well. So, yes. Um, yes, which is a part of the reason why I also don't like like the fallout of I'm the mom and the dad is we're creating these hybrid women that are mm-hmm. masculine and feminine. Because if you have a woman telling you I'm the mom and the dad. So, so when I talk to a lot of my male friends, they're like, I can't deal with all that masculine energy. A part of it's come from them being reared to think it's okay to have all that masculine energy because their mother has said, I am a man and a woman in a woman's body. The message is so misconstrued. Right, They're misconstrued, and then even how we discuss friend zoning, you know, people can debate this all day. I'm a huge fan of male friends. 
I have a bevy of male friends and they're mm-hmm. good to me. They also hold me accountable. Um, what, what, what's that you wearing? Why are you talking crazy? Yeah, thank you. Um, something my mom used to say often was fathers mentor sons, nurture daughters. Mothers mentor daughters, nurture sons. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish we could put them on T-shirts and sell them, right? Because we've lost sight of that too. Did you see the video where the, the Doverman family that went viral? Viral, It was so dope. And it was only like 10 seconds long. You could hear the man in the background. So so their owners were black, which made it even more fun to watch. But this little baby puppy was arguing with his mom. And he was, he's nipping. And she's nipping back. And she's she's swiping him with her paw. And he doesn't care. He's still talking. Daddy comes over for a second and looks. And he just says, oof. And then the little boy stops. Well, I don't know if it's a little boy or not. The puppy stops and looks. And it goes right back to arguing with mom. And then dad came over a second time. He said, he <laughs> right on down. Listen. Because there's an energy. There is a presence. There is a divineness that black men bring into a space. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm men, period, but I'm, I'm pro-black men. I'm talking about black men. There is a beauty they bring into the space that's necessary for us. We nurture their masculinity and they protect our femininity. And we've lost sight of all of that. Feminism's played a huge role in it. Believing that you don't need what help got get you here is a really ridiculous lie. I think it really I think it is a ridiculous lie. Um, there's a song out right now by Sierra um about yes. not needing a man, <laughs> and it's all cute and the beat is all catchy, and I'm like, what? Are we really gonna sing this and she has a whole husband? You know, is that what we're doing? (laughs) The other thing that's interesting, um, I'm gonna tread softly around their dynamic just because, but that I will say something that's interesting is I want everybody to stop talking about that Sierra prayer, you know, another podcast (laughs) for another time that God's not Santa Claus, but um. That's another problem with social media. If there is a gender war issue, I do have a, a, a problem with this. The average man, the mm-hmm. average woman, the mm-hmm. 666 man, which is so funny, 666. But I don't know if you know what that is or not. You know, that's no, I'm unaware. Educate me in this okay. moment. <laughs> so the 666 man is six figures, mm. six inches, six feet. Oh, okay. And this is now what women require. Now, look, it's about, I think, 18% make six figures. Um, It's higher than Kevin said at the time. There's only 15% of American men that are six feet or higher or taller. 15%. And the average penis is 5.5 inches. <laughs> your, your most intense nerve endings are two inches in your vagina 5.5 will do you just fine it's programming so we have said well if i don't get a man in the top 18 percent top 15 percent or not the average penis size i don't want him because he's he's average good story there's a woman i know or knew whole nother podcast this is also a podcast out uh thing 
I have a rule. If you haven't talked to someone in a year, you mm-hmm. knew them. You don't know them because people change. Yeah. I knew her, but who I knew, there was this gray guy, still a gray guy. I set them up. She'd always wanted to be married, wanted to have kids. He he is not tall, but he's from what I hear, he's the other six, and mm-hmm. he definitely is over six figures. <laughs> She said to my face, liked him, similar values. He's pro-marriage, was ready to have children. He's not fine enough. I want, when I walk in a room, women to gasp. When She's still single. He's married with four kids. Listen. And she's mid-50s and never had children. The foolery of it all. 1,000%. But the, <laughs> pro- the programming of what is an average man? A good man is not average. And a good man is not automatically going to always have six figures, six feet, six mm-hmm. inches. And then I think all of those things are, are 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 not core. Those are not the core values I look for in a man, to be honest, because, you, you know, you, your six figures can go to six dollars in six days. You know, um, those you are not the purpose of why you're. You know, things have become transit transactional now. Isn't it, it's interesting we're in a culture now where prostitution is more celebrated than wifedom because it is. Um, wives that talk about submission, I you know, we can hit on it or not. I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with submission at all. I'm pro-submission in marriage, I'm pro-femininity when you're single. I think those are okay. different. Um, but if you don't trust who's leading you, you still pick them. Like exactly. Pick better because somebody that signed up to provide and protect deserves not having a whole lot of pushback from you. If you don't trust that, don't be with him Mm -hmm. because a good leader, again, I'm so tired. So you want a man to buy your house, but if he wants dinner, he's oppressing you. Provide the fuel so he can go back to work so he can pay the mortgage for the house. I don't I don't get what's going on because even my guy friends and I talk about this often when women talk about what they want a man. Kenya, I'm like, dude, because the list is so damn long. He got to be this, 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 this. It never fails. You ask a man, do it today. Ask your child's father. What do you want a woman? They usually say three things. It's not always the same three things, but they'll say, I've heard Kevin, fit, friendly, feminine, um, the poor man podcast, sex sandwich silence. Um, uh, Lawrence, what's his name? Lawrence Ellis, that was insecure. Mm-hmm. Saw him on a movie. Fuck us, feed us, need us. Um, it's always in threes, it's always a little bit, and women and have it's, to and it's real so simple. Much. Yes. But we're stressed because somebody asked for a sandwich. But you got 30 things you want. Please stop. Please stop. So that's too. Yeah, I I just want to make sure that we are mentally and emotionally at a good place so that because life happens. And when life happens, I want to make sure that my teammate is my teammate. That we're going to be able to life together. That we're going to be able to get through this together. And I'm going, I'm going to let him coach this process. Lead us. Call the plays. 
tell me what's needed. And then I'm going to, if I'm, if I'm clear on the playbook that we have at hand and we're playing the plays that you're saying we need to play as the man of this house, as the king of my castle, then that's what we're going to do. But I just need to make sure that mentally and emotionally, not only is my peace not disturbed, but your peace not dis is not disturbed. That we fine. come together, that we come together in peace and not in pieces so that we can produce our purpose Agreed. together. I just yeah. so so there's layers to that too, right? Do the vetting before you get married. Don't get married and then be problematic the whole marriage. Exactly. Um, and then the second point would be if you don't want to submit, because most black men are looking for somewhat of traditional values. A lot mm -hmm. of black men are not getting married because it's not an asset for them to get married anymore. Um, and I tell women often they don't have a problem with submission. They have a problem with them submitting. They want men to do it all day long. You want to control and tell them what to do and mama him all over the place and nag him to hell. So guys are like, what, what do you hear Kenya men say all the time? They want peace. Peace. Yeah. I hear him say peace. And, and for me, I'm like, I, I'm peace, right? But are you bringing your own peace to the table? Like, I are you a peaceful person, or are you gonna be problematic in my life? Have you have you unpacked your own bullshit? Because I've unpacked my bullshit, and I've taken accountability for the things that I need to take accountability for in my life. I'm at a place where I understand that as a woman, I'm forever evolving. I'm not gonna mm -hmm. always. It's not gonna always be the same. It's something new I've learned about myself that I may need to get right. You know, I may. I'm never at this space where I'm at this space and now I'm just so perfect and you need to be so perfect. And that's the only thing that I'm willing to settle for if it's not perfect. Well, no, I understand that we're two imperfect people, but have we really learned how to properly communicate? If, if there's a situation that arise that, you know, I tell my guy friends all the time, cause I have a lot of guy friends as well. I tell mm -hmm. my guy friends all the time that when I get in a relationship I want the kind of relationship that before my spouse cheats on me, that he comes and tell me that he's, I'm at the place where I'm really ready to cheat on you. Well, if people are friends, they can talk like that. A lot of people don't prioritize friendship. A lot of people don't know. We tend to do what's familiar, not what's right. Mm -hmm. um, and parents still continue to be our highest influence, whether people want to admit it or not. We do what we saw. So if you don't know the purpose of marriage, if you don't know which, which, I mean, we could go so many directions, right? We're going to do the biblical purpose. We're going to mm -hmm. do, okay. So if you look at it from a biblical perspective, um, I like the Garden of Eden a lot. It's my favorite place in the Bible. Only place there was perfection. And it's not taught what happened in there when it comes to relationship. It's not taught what happened in there a lot, period. But Adam did not hunt her. I can't stand that statement. When men are hunters, I, I can't, I'm not prey. I'm not deer. Don't hunt me. Um, she was brought to him by God after he had a job and a purpose and after he had a relationship with the Lord. Exactly. That's how the perfect union works. And then she didn't tell him who she was. He told her who she was. Who she was. You're my woman. We've totally messed all that up, right? But mm -hmm. even if you look and then some people will say like, well, sex is only for children. That's not true. In the Garden of Eden, they were having sex. They didn't have kids. So after the Garden of Eden. So even if you're not a scriptural believer, the purpose of marriage, a lot of people would agree is 
building, having a two-parent home, because it is healthier for children. That's mm-hmm. not going to change. It's healthier for them to be in a two-parent dynamic. And that's kind of everything else is secondary. We've lost sight of that too. So now everything is, he got to buy me this. What are you talking about? If exactly. everything is transactional for you, just stay single. So yeah, what I'm about that is not relational. Hmm. That is not relational at all. It's if not- it's always, I need a, I need a Chanel bag and he needs to take me on all these trips and he needs to do all this other well, I stuff. I say all the time, remember Players Club, I think was 1999, right? Mm-hmm. So when they, when all of the strippers said, you got to use what you got to get what you want. When we first watched, I'll say for me, I'll be 49 in June. <laughs> when I watched it, that was a cautionary tale. Now that's a motto for people. We we taking stripper models and living by them. What's going mm-hmm. on? We're laughing at grandma and saying grandma was oppressed because grandma didn't have a problem taking care of her man. It's wild out here. It's so super wild. It is. So or even like a, a man will a man will say, Why well, prefer a natural looking woman? And women will say, No, you don't. So you're telling men what they don't like. And, and let's say, let's touch on that too. Because I was just talking to some of my guy friends about this. A lot of men know that a part of what comes with their job, and I'm saying black men because that's who I deal with the most. They know a part of what comes with their job is provision. They're not pushing back on that. Mm-hmm. But some of the things that they push back on women about is because they see a bill. When they see extra weight, they see a bill. That could be diabetes. That could be heart. The number one killer in black women is still heart disease. That hasn't changed. Just because we're living in a culture that kind of wants to overlook our deficits because we're becoming mm-hmm. a narcissistic culture doesn't mean those still aren't problematic issues. So we have kind of um, glazed over it and said, well, he's being shallow because he don't want a big woman. A lot no. of men are I think it's fine with us, but we're also looking like we may have to take you to the hospital or it may be hard to get you pregnant because studies say more weight makes it harder to stay. They're being practical or even mm-hmm. when they look at all of, I call it manufactured beauty, all the stuff that we put <laughs> on, they're looking like, okay, so how much those nails, how much of my eyelash, oh Lord, how much are your wigs? Oh Lord, oh Lord. So a lot of times when they're saying a natural woman, a part of it's because they're saying Unless you're going to foot the bill, I don't want to foot the bill. And how can we tell a man that there's something wrong with that? If they don't want to do it, they don't have to do it. There's stuff we don't want to do. And I think some women are taking them saying it a little bit. um, They're taking it out of way out of context um, and, and not hearing it like you're saying, like the way you've just broke it down. They're 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 having these posts where a man may make this post and he may say this on the post, and then you get you know 500 comments that are very combative about what it is that he's saying in regards to wanting to be natural and all of this other stuff. But now that you're breaking it down the way that you're breaking it down, saying he's seeing a bill that 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 seems like an, an additional expense on top of me having to be a, a provider for our well-being of life it's you know your upkeep but for me i, I feel i'm going to use myself right now okay i am i'm single i own my own business 
I make my own money. Um, I'm real clear on what I want. I'm real clear on, I share my journey online of me, you know, my personal growth, my personal development. And um, I've also had, I've also found myself having conversations with guys where they misconstrue the the boss version of me. Like I know when to take her off. She's mm-hmm. what I use at the office. She's what I use when I'm conducting business, but I'm not bringing that version of me home in my household where now I'm trying to boss you and I'm trying to boss everything, every move that we're making. And I'm, I'm trying to dictate or control the narrative of our dynamic. And I don't know, like, do you think that this whole boss woman era of a lot of black women starting their own businesses, making their own money, doing their own thing. Has, do you feel that that has also affected the dynamic of how we hold relationship with one another? That's a good question. I think the motive speaks a lot to the outcome. What I'm not a fan of is, and I'm sure you've heard this a lot too, I'll be feminine for the right man. If you a real man, you can handle me. No man, no man needs to be a liar. He, he shouldn't have to handle right. you. <laughs> and even though um, I know a lot of successful women who are still feminine at work, the femininity manifests differently, right? But they're still ladies at work. That's right. We can definitely be <laughs> in a boss space without having to yell. As a matter of fact, it's very empowering if you're not yelling, because mm-hmm. that means people are listening to you without you getting outside of yourself. You exactly. know what I'm saying? So even when I have that conversation with guys, they're not anti-women being successful, women having their own money, none of that. They're just anti, if I wanted to be at home with a man, I'd be with a man. I don't want to deal with masculine energy. And the thing that I often tell women is, why is your own home single women? Why is your own home not a sanctuary space anyway for yourself? For yourself. Why don't you enjoy cleaning for yourself? Why don't you enjoy cooking meals for yourself? If you're already doing these things, by the time a man comes in your life, you were used to that anyway. Because you like yourself. And then it only, the men that I know whose very basic needs are met. And I know many, and I'm saying married or long-term relationships, their women can have the world from them. The world from them. Because they don't want much and the, their woman makes sure that that little bit they want is met. But if you if your man says, I want sex sandwich and silence, and there's an argument, why, why does he need you there? And that's the thing I don't get too about I call them modern women because that's the best way to put them. If you're not satisfied with men being men, leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we spending all this energy trying to, to force them into being what we want them to be? Because we're not going to respect that anyway. Instead of allowing them to be. Them, we won't respect it. Yeah. Instead of allowing them to be the men, be who they are. I'm I'm just real big on making sure that it's a healthy dynamic. That's yeah. my biggest thing, that it's mentally healthy, that it's emotionally sound. Those are the things that matter to me more than anything in any relationship. Um, and being able to communicate, being able to talk, 
and talk things through. You know, like I, I want my man to be my best friend and we can talk about any and everything. Call me if you need to call me out on my shit. Call me out on my shit when you need to call me out on my shit. But do it in love because I'm going to do the same to you. Okay. You know, I'm going to project those things to you. But when I was in a different space, when I before therapy and a lot of other things, when I was dealing with my own shit and I was being the bag lady, dragging my own emotional baggage around. No, I don't think I would have handled myself in this space that I I see myself handling myself in as, you know, as being someone's woman where, you know, it's not about me. Well, I make more money than you. You know, all I, I see all of this going on. And I'm like, if you are, if you guys are a couple and you're married, you don't make more money than him. That's mm -hmm. y'all's money. Mm -hmm. Aren't the two of you one? You know, I'm looking at things of that nature, but I find myself as a single woman. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm being miscommunicated online or they have a, a wrong perception of who I am, but I'm very soft-spoken. I'm very gentle at heart. I'm very caring. I'm very nurturing, but I stand on truth, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold you to the fire about something that I feel you need to be held to the fire for, mm -hmm. because I treat people like I want to be treated. And, um, it's in a, it's in a healthy, it's done in a healthy manner, not to, you know, I don't ever want to be looked at as a masculine woman. That's not allowing my femininity to shine through. Um, I have a real problem with that when I see women that want to control a situation or control, like you said, control how, okay, control the dynamic of how this man is supposed to, you know, wanting to, wanting to take him and make him fit into the design of a man that they've been told that really wasn't isn't the design of a man that 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 is not what a man is somebody someone taught you and told you that that's what a man is but that is not what a man is and it's just i, I don't know it's crazy i watch it online I mean, I'm like, there's, okay, a, make me. there's a reason why like it's funny. I, I was arguing with some, well, debating because I'm gonna go about three rounds with you and I'm gonna tap out. <laughs> um, who's the prize? And it's funny. The Bible says husbands are the prize. First um, Peter three, the amplified version, literally lists prize. Um, and I would get why a man that's signing up to provide and put his life on the line for you. If you find yeah. a man who sign up for that, that is a prize. But also, you know, Ephesians 5.33, it's calculated. It tells women respect their husbands, husbands to love their wives. And the way that husbands are to love their wives is very sacrificial. Um, mm -hmm. Loving your wife the way Christ loved the church, the church plotted to kill Christ. Pharisees Do you were mean? So that's, that's no little thing to love your wife that way. But mm -hmm. respect, you know, I say this often too, the Western culture perverts everything eastern culture everything so a big struggle we're having in the black community too is we're actually rooted in eastern culture philosophy trying to apply it in a western culture we wouldn't be struggling with respecting men in africa we wouldn't um we struggle with that here because white people told us we don't need to do it and then we adapted that we are literally i, I tell people often this too y'all really let 
descendants of slave masters tell you that your man should still be a slave in your house. Do everything you want him to do for nothing. You sound like a massa. It's <laughs> wild out here. It's super wild. And 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 I agree with you with what you said, how the Bible says that the men are the prize, the man, the husband is the prize. I always thought that once knowing that scripture, seeing he, that he's the prize, that the woman was the favor. Well, here's what's dope about her. So I also study. He if you're interested in being a guest on the Own Your Shit podcast, feel free to send your information over to our email address at info at O-W-N-Y-O-S-H-I-T.com. That's info at ownyourshit.com. changes everything the bible is written in hebrew mm -hmm. so the helpmate the the hebrew term for that's azer connecto and azer connecto means lifesaver mm -hmm. it's not good for man to be alone i'll create a lifesaver it's not like god sees men as a higher value or women as, a, women higher as a higher value we just have different values and purpose and we that's keep it. missing that part so the same way that to nurture a man, whether it's your son, whether it's your your man, is an honor to it fuel is. a man, to give ideas to a man, to be a safe space where he will um, listen to you and value your opinion, to want to mm -hmm. get up in, you know, Proverbs says, lie in your wife's bosom, to want to rest in your woman. These are feminine principles. Because I think that's exactly. something that we discussed too. What does it even mean to be feminine? My male friends, I just took a male friend of mine out for his birthday last week. I took him to one place for appetizers and then we went to a high-end place for dinner. And he had a meeting. He told me before we started, he said, I have a Zoom call at 8 p.m. Every time we hang out, we have a great time. It's strictly platonic, but that is my dude all day long. I reminded him, I said, I'll get the tab. You need to go. And he wrote me later and he said, I don't know what moved me more. Dinner on you or you honoring my time. You're reminding me about what I need to do with my time. That's feminine energy. It is. Honoring the space of the men that you're in. Not being combative about stuff that's not necessary to be combative, combative about. about. That's right. And you said something key about being a safe space. Um, I will never forget this. I was 19 years old at the time. And I had a friend, even though I was 19, they were a little older than me. I still knew better. Mm. Um, she was having an argument with her guy. I think they had to be maybe like 24, 25 versus my age. And um, in front of all of their company, she reveals something that he told her in private in confidence. in confidence that he shared that happened to him as a child and she used that as she weaponized it and said Leverage. that's why you act like you act because of and I was so taken back I was like after everybody left I got up by herself I said I know I'm younger than you but he's not gonna ever trust you mm -hmm. with anything about him ever again and I think as women, sometimes women can gossip entirely too much 
about the intimate things that some some of their men may share with them i think it's important like you said to be that safe space for that man to where he especially black men black Mm -hmm. men walk out of the door just to leave and go to work and going to work is a task for them because they have to make it back home safe that day. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to understand that some black men leave their homes and they don't make it back. And, and, and it's a tragic situations that happen sometimes to black men. So, and then they have to go into the workplace and a lot of times they have to do 10 to 15 times more to just present themselves in that workspace where somebody else of a different nationality Uh or colored may not have to and so to be able to come home and know that home is my safe haven home is where I can unpack me home is where I can be all of me unrestrained and I have the most I have moral support I have emotional support I have support for my mental health yeah I mean I watched did you see the viral video of the um and I, he he actually kind of made my voice crack watching it. Because, you know, sometimes we'll watch videos and it's like, is this a skit? Uh-huh. Even if it's a skit, there's some truth to it. But still, is it a skit or is it real? This I know this was real. He came home after 14 hours. Did you see it? And I he was like, well, you haven't cooked? And then she gave him a slice of pizza? Yeah. And, his, and he was like almost on the verge of tears. And I'm sitting here thinking, again, defining femininity. If both of y'all, now look, we could talk about some of this stuff all day. You know, when God handed out the consequences to Adam and to Eve, he never said she had to work. We're choosing, to, we're choosing to work as much as men. And feminism played a role in that too, telling us we had to. But he just said, you're going to desire your man and it's going to hurt when you have babies. He told the men to go out there and toil. So they're wired for work. Sometimes we're too tired to do the double roles because we weren't naturally supposed to be doing so much. That's mean we can't work. But good Lord, you're doing 10 hours too? So you out in the field and then you're trying to come home and balance that too? That's exhausting. That's extremely exhausting. So that's to women who actually have a mate at home, who actually have a husband. What about the women who have been, like they're literally at a space where they they are forced to have to do it all because they have no help. Like, okay, so, so there let, are some single moms that there are some single moms that one hundred percent are in a space where, of course, they chose the men that they chose, but they're in a space where they're having to do everything by themselves. So let's do both. Let me finish the married folk, and then we'll come to the single folk. Okay. Um. So if you are in a space where you have a long-term partner sharing your space with you or a spouse, I'm not the takeaway, because you know, some people like to look for something to be mad about. The takeaway here isn't (laughs) that women shouldn't work, women shouldn't be industrious. Many women in the Bible worked and were industrious, even in Eastern culture. There still was balance though, to where the home could be handled as well. And it is a privilege when a man walks through your door and he looks for you for rest. So Mm -hmm. the reason why I want to make sure to say that is that's also what femininity is. Femininity Mm -hmm. is rest. Mm -hmm. I'm not married, but my men come to me and my my men, I mean, my male friends come to me for rest. 
They share things in confidence and secret. They have no problem me picking up the tab when I offer. They offer too, but sometimes I want to do it because I Mm -hmm. see them. You know what I'm saying? see them. Mm -hmm. When a man can look at you, and this is what men mean when they say be peace. When a man looks at you and they can woosah and exhale and they're not girding up because they know everything's going to be a battle, that's femininity. And no, we don't Mm -hmm. put that on or off. We either are that or we're not that. Okay, so I want to make sure to get that clear because we talk about masculine and feminine so much, but a lot of times we don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say if, if you had a takeaway, safety and rest is femininity. Mm-hmm. If men can see you as a safe space and they can rest in your space, you got some feminine energy going on. Now to your point of, well, let's, let's talk about single moms before we get to single moms. One third of us wear condoms. That's it. Please be protected if you're not ready to make humans. It, that's not exactly. the either. And it's grandma, not. If, if if really at this point it's great grandma because grandma's too young now because we've got generations of 15 year olds having kids. So now grandma, you know, is 40. But great grandma said. If you don't want to have a baby with him, you should rethink sleeping with him. Mm-hmm. There's still truth to that. These body count debates are wild to me because sex was never designed to just be recreational activity. We're connecting with people. Yeah. Oxytocin even says we're connecting with people. Exactly. So before we get into the single moms that already exist, Please let's address the ones that don't exist yet. We don't just get pregnant. We all know how sex works. And this is coming from someone, you know, I told you I've written two books. I've had four abortions. I had abortions from 1993 to 1999. I will never tell you that was the right thing to do. There's Mm -hmm. a myriad of reasons why I was doing it. And it's cost me because Mm -hmm. I'm 49 now with no children. So there's a commercial for that too. Don't just think abortion solves something. Mm-hmm. But I know the headspace I was in then. I didn't care enough about me. Care enough about your womb and your body space. Guys, too. Do you exactly. know that sperm helps to alleviate menstrual cramps? It helps with depression. It helps our hair to grow. It clears up skin. Sperm is amazing. But the reason why I'm saying that is there's life in it. In it, yeah. You tell girls to value their bodies, but black men know your sperm. Women should be honored to get your sperm. So why don't you treat it like that and quit giving it to everybody? Relax. Mm-hmm. All right. So where single moms are who don't have the support of a partner. I still say femininity stands in the sense of what I'm a huge fan of for single women is pampering not self-maintenance self-maintenance is getting your nails and your feet done your feet shouldn't be looking crazy no way i see a lot of of posts that say self-care and they're at the nail salon and and they're at and i'm like to me that's not self-care that's maintenance that's that's maintenance care that you're doing but self-care is taking care of who you are inwardly it's taking that alone time like self-care to me is 
putting um my blank I have a in my backyard there's like I can see like a little lake I can sit in my wow. backyard and I can see a little lake so self-care to me is disconnecting from all devices social media things of that nature getting me maybe a really good book maybe mastery of love or something that's just going to nurture my soul and sitting still with myself maybe reading and then maybe not even reading but sitting still with myself getting in touch with myself figuring out where I am inwardly am I I'm not so distracted with the demands of life with business with being a mom with being all of this just hearing myself within quieting everything around me to hear myself within making sure that I'm grounded making sure that I'm good have I poured out to everybody else and has my cup now become half full I need to allow myself the time to fill my cup back up so that I can only give people what comes out of my overflow I need to disconnect and get in touch with me to do that so to me that's self-care um talking to my therapist that's self-care um you know things like that a soothing bath candles relaxing music to me, I'm taking care of, that's another form of me taking care of my mental and my emotional because I'm doing it for my headspace. So I, I agree. don't, you know. I agree thousand percent. I, I will say this though. I want you to kick it up a notch um, because single women, especially single mothers, the level of pressure to do things in excellence as a single mom is like off the charts, right? Mm-hmm. So what that is right. I still want you to pam- pamper literally means like overindulgence. Mm-hmm. And I think for single moms, overindulgence helps to, helps them to stay in this feminine space. Because there is kind of a part of you that has to take on a little bit of the masculine role because you're the provider, you're the protector mm-hmm. in your house. And so what I mean by overindulgence, I mean literally like single mom should plan an annual vacation and that vacation is like a resort like don't be afraid to really tune into the woman yourself yes i for the first time i started traveling by myself for business and for Mm -hmm. business purposes but it opened me up to be willing to travel by myself this last trip I took, I didn't go with it. It wasn't a girl's trip. I didn't go with anybody. It was just for myself. And when I, I flew all the way out of town just to be by myself, nice. take myself to, I treated myself to the spa. Um, I had them bring roses to my room. Nice. You know, bought myself some champagne. And I just spent three days with myself. You know, 100%. just. And even when you just said about flowers, like flower subscriptions and have them delivered to your house. Mm. I toast myself at the end of every day and I have a wine glass. I literally toast myself. There's something I'm going to do today that's worth celebrating. We don't do that either. Celebrate yourself. You've got to. We have more single moms in this era we've had in history. History of this country. That's not really the best thing. There's layers of reasons why, right? Uh But if this is where we are, this is where we are. So you've got to be very intentional about your mental health, your emotional healing. I wish it was required for single parents, men and women go therapy. Because it's not the next person's job to overcompensate for the last person's job. 
but that's the mentality. And that's another reason why there's a stigma about don't get with a single mom. Because a lot of men are like, why do I need to fix what the other dude? Why don't you get healing for what he did? And then I'll come along. Come over, yeah. And I think that's so important. Being able to, um, like you said, that to take that and, 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 and heal within. Like when I, my relationship in with my son's father, I needed time for me. I said, I need to be able to unpack all of what took place in this relationship figure out the role and responsibility I played in this, in this, um, learn more about myself and just take some time with myself. And so I took time with myself, maybe about four, almost five years, my son is six. I took time with myself and spent a lot of time with myself, relearning myself. Um, because sometimes I think that because if a woman, if a woman, doesn't allow herself to do that and she jumps out of one situation and she jumps immediately into another situation with another guy she's automatically bringing all of that whatever just happened over here she's she's carrying that over here and using this man to mask whatever she don't want to deal with, with from this man and it's just it's just it just packs on top on top on top and, and it's then just her requirements are unrealistic because it's not a man's job to fix you it's a man's job to compliment you that's it's very different so if you come in I, I can't stand in the socials like reassure me reassure me reassure. that's not someone's job we're yeah. we're in a culture now where people want you to do more work on them than they're than doing they do on them yeah no and, and, and I think that the more we focus on ourselves and we work on our own self-love that a lot of times people are projecting and so yes. when you work on yourself I feel that, you know, because I had to come to terms with there were decisions that I made out of desperation and it made me say, well, what is that and where is that coming from? And OK, why am I in a space where I was I made a decision that was out of desperation? OK, that's a reflection of me. That's not a reflection of what that person did. It's a reflection of me. And so it made me want to sit with my reflection and figure that out to get to the root of that and understand that you can only come into my life to love me on the level that I love myself. Yes. And because we teach know. people how to love, we, we teach people how to love us to, in my mind, we teach people how to love us based on how we love ourselves. I had to realize that I needed to set, I needed to set healthy boundaries and not brick walls and barriers. There's a difference between having boundaries and barriers. And then you also have to respect the boundaries of others. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that also comes with understanding self. But like the amount of work that it takes, you know, this healing is work. It is. And a lot of people don't want to do that work. So they stay distracted. You know, it's easier to just hop from relationship, relationship, relationship than actually do self work. Like get off the roller coaster and be like, well, everywhere, you know, one of my favorite sayings, everywhere you go, there you are. So that's even why divorces go up 20% per divorce. So you'll leave one man and just be like, well, it didn't work with you. I'm going to go and right. And now you got 70% chance of getting a divorce because you're still the same person. If you don't take with a different man, I was with a different man, but now you're you're the same person. And then you have, I've heard people say, it's like I married the same person. I said, well, you married yourself. And if you never change, you'll be keeping attracted to or attracting the same people, 
right? I have a, yeah, right. And I have a question for you because we're talking about moms and single moms. How important? What's the importance of his relationship? I understand the importance of his relationship with himself. Um, the importance of his relationship with his mother, because I feel with that for yeah, with men, because I feel that like with with me having a son. I always say that I'm the first woman to love him. And so based on how I love him and how he sees me love myself, I feel that that's going to play a part in how he loves, honors women, treat women, because he's, he's watching me as a representative of, okay, how, am, how does my mother handle herself? How does she love herself? Um, how does she, you know, what type of men does I do I see my mom with you know I think that men are molded on how they look at women based on the way that they either the relationship they had with their mother or how their mother loved them or how they watched their mother love the way she loved herself I think that that plays a role I I think I'm gonna tell you a story and then you tell me what you think of the story um I still think my mom's quote stands true that that women are the nurturers for men and the mentors. I still think guys learn way more from their dad how to treat women than they learn from their mom how to treat women. Mm, okay. And I'm going to tell you a story to illustrate why. So there's a guy in my world. He is um I'm going to try to be vague a little bit with the details. Um the golden child in his family. Uh, extremely close to his mother. He has bought his mama home. He has bought his mama car. I hardly have ever seen this man with a black woman. And he's now not married to a black woman. But he tells me the two heroes in his life is his mother and the Lord. And we've gone toe to toe on this because I'm like, how are you just so in love with black women but we've never seen you with black women? And because I, it's hard for me to take my counselor hat off. I've psychoanalyzed it with him. You would think on paper he loved his mama and his mama loved him. But I actually think he, he processed his mom as, I was your husband. I'm tired of black women. I'm going to go find a woman that takes care of me. And I don't think that's black women. That's a boomerang we don't discuss enough. You could have a single mom that just loved you to pieces. But she still did not prepare you for how to love a black woman. Does that make sense? Yeah, if it's no, I feel it. I, it makes it makes sense. Um, but you said something key there. You said that she made her it. She like made him her husband and her provider. I think um, a lot of single moms do. They're, I think that's a boyfriend. I think that's to, I think that's very toxic. I agree. Um, I had to tell my son's father. He told my son because my son's only six. So he'll be seven in August. He told my son, he said, you have to, you have to take care of your mom. I said, no, he doesn't. I said, mommy takes care of you. I said, you are a little boy. I said, and mommy only expects you to be a little boy. I said, and so I get what daddy's telling you, but mommy takes care of mommy. And then mommy takes care of you so that you Mm -hmm. can be a kid and you can have fun and you can enjoy life. I think a lot of times when some single mothers have not, done their necessary work and their healing that they do rely too much on their sons they start making their because i've spoken with 
men that have said, well, I started taking care of my mama when I was 15, you know, even if it meant that they were selling drugs, even if it meant that they, you know, they had a jack-in-the-box job or wherever they worked at, they brought their check home to their mother so that their mother could pay the bills. And, I, and if he grew up in an environment where his he had to solely provide for her, I can understand his dynamic as to why he chose the woman that he's chosen. But I'm speaking of as a mother who just, you know, have those intimate conversations about the nurturing component of it all. And then her son is able to see her, even if she's a, a mother that's no longer with his father, but she gets into a new relationship and she's with someone who can model himself and be a role model to her child or her children and he's a healthy dynamic and now her son sees two healthy individuals together or her children see two healthy individuals together loving each other in a healthy manner you know what I'm saying and it's not um he didn't come home and we ain't seen him in two days and then now he pops back up at home and I'm, I'm looking at my mom tolerate like a bunch of bullshit that she shouldn't be tolerating. And this relationship hasn't been healthy because it's not healthy, not only not for my mother, but it's not healthy for the dynamic of our home. I think that when children actually see it positive um, and, and the mother, like I'm saying, the mother just, if a guy sees a man or a boy sees his mother, like really love herself and really, you know, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm saying the wrong words, but really love herself. I think it tell. I think it sets an example for him to understand that. Okay, well, this is this is what is needed for a woman because my mother made her needs known. She showed me examples of her loving herself. I've seen her love herself, and I've watched her love me. And then I know his dad is gonna give him his examples. Like I said, his dad was telling him to take care of me, but I'm like, he's six. I don't want you telling him to take care of me I never want my son to think that as a child that he needs to take care of me and I think that may be the difference because a lot of I've watched a lot of black women make the priorities of their homes their 14 15 16 17 year old son's responsibility I mean okay so there's layers here one thing is yes what you said second thing is still okay so the interesting thing about the story i told you was he's not close to his father but he ended up becoming his father anyway before he got married he got married he got married later in life um but he was holding in these streets like his dad and he couldn't stand his dad dad still trumps influence for the guy so even if you end up getting married at some point and he's a wonderful man that's cool but your son is still watching his dad way more than we think they are. Even people oh. who have a relationship with their dad are watching oh, their dad. I know. I know. know. That's, what, that's one of the things I understand when he says he wants a beard. He wants a beard because his dad has a beard. He wants a beard like his dad, you know. And my my hope and my prayer is just that it just we can we do the best that we can when it comes to him because I understand that I am raising some woman's king one day. My son, my is hope, be my hope woman's is king. that his dad picks wisely because yes. he's watching. Um, the whoever comes into your life, yeah, there's an influence there, but you know, step parenting is also another show. We don't even see step parents in the Bible. 
and and Joseph Christ's dad doesn't count. He wasn't his stepdad. He was his earthly dad. That's yeah, different. he was his earthly dad. God was yeah. still his dad. Step parenting is a Western phenomenon. We weren't doing that big. So kids are still not as influenced as we think. Like, well, I didn't work out with your dad, but this next guy, he can fill the voids of your dad. The child is still gravitating to DNA. DNA is powerful. It is. The the way you love him sets a standard for him, but his dad relationship with the women he picks is what he's really looking at. And Mm. I wish that was caught more too. Just like with the flip. If you had a daughter, I'd be saying the opposite. She's looking at what you're doing because you're the one mentoring her how to be a woman. His dad is mentoring her how to be a man. You're nurturing But he's getting mentored by the same, which is another reason why we're in this chaos because we don't want to accept that it was designed that the same gender would mentor you to become a woman. Yeah, yeah. So we're in chaos now. But like... um, you're right. You picked up a good point when you said she kind of made him the man of the house. And I say this often, you know, when people say, well, you don't love your spouse. The only people you love unconditionally are your children. And I give pushback on that. I say, yeah, to a point, people love their children because they can control their children. You ever mm. see how the relationship shifts when folks go to college and now they fall out with and their now they're in, And they're adults and all of that. Not I, have, I have adult daughters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually have adult. I have adult daughters. I have three daughters. Oh, wow. they're, all, they're all adults. Um, I decided to have my son late in life. My youngest daughter was 15 when I got pregnant with him. So all my girls, they're grown. They're wow. in their 20s. And so I have my. It's, it's really like me and my little guy. But I have him, and so it was. I'm even noticing with me raising my girls, the, the difference of me raising my son. Like it's. It's very, it's been extremely obvious since day one, since me having <laughs> him. It's been extremely obvious. So that's and why I work so state. hard with trying to make sure. Now, right? Huh? I said, and you're in a different space. You're a different Yeah, I'm in a much, I'm in a yeah. much different space. I'm in a much, much different space. But I understand that, that I do, like you said, it sets a standard. And I know that it plays a part in how he sees women as well. I know that it'll play a part with how he sees women. And so with men as well, what is your take on the the brotherhood that they have? Because there was one, uh, again, the episode with Zach. I'm, I'm bringing that up again. Mm-hmm. In this episode, the, the, and he had a male therapist. In this episode, the male therapist told him, that because he grew up not having a relationship with his dad, that the men he had relationships with were the little boys that he grew up with from the neighborhood. And they were all trying to father each other. He said that they were all fathering each other, providing advice to each other, even if it wasn't the best advice. And so he told him everything that he understands about a woman, been in a relationship with the woman, it came from growing up around other guys that were similar to him that really didn't have substantial relationships with that father either. So how impo- how influential is the the male male brotherhood relationship on a man? I mean it was funny because while I was listening, y'all was like, oh so that's what's going on with women right now. Exactly what you just said. Which is their their father may not have been necessarily present or they had a toxic mother that kept their father from them. Mm. Now these women have banded together and they become mean girls. So that's actually really insightful. Um, 
Yes. So my first love, who actually is an excellent father, um, four kids now. His son was like from, I think, seven paternity tests later. He found out it was his son. So you get what that was. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, one of a standout dad and he didn't come from a good dad. He came from a dad who used to shoot craps on the street and ignore him while he was walking around. Um, But we've talked about that because we're still cool today. And he said exactly what you said. He was a straight A student, handsome, but kind of nerdy, but his dad wasn't in a relationship with him. And so he was hanging out on the block and whatever they were doing on the block, he was doing on the block. And that, you know, pushed him into group homes and prison time and all kinds of stuff. But he was saying a woman will never replace a man's influence in men's lives. It just won't. So a woman can tell you all day, they're not good people, but there is still masculine energy. And it may not even, I'm not big on the the term toxic masculinity, not because I don't agree it exists, but because we've used it to imply that masculinity is toxic. Mm -hmm. So because you don't hear toxic femininity and that shit is real too. Yeah, on both parts. 100%. Yeah, yeah, on both parts. So, but men need other men to they they crave it they gravitate to it so yeah i'm a huge fan of like a, a friend of mine here i wish he would get married and become a dad he would be awesome he's 40 he's not he's like i'm not doing it but he's done nonprofit work for 20 years he's like i have a ton of kids and he does from mentoring so i'm a fan of if you don't have solid dad figures Single moms need to be very intentional about finding mentors for their sons. Mm-hmm. And a mentor does not mean your boyfriend. Your boyfriend is your boyfriend. Boyfriend, I mean, that's right. Men that can literally, they're only in his life to mentor him mentor on manhood. Him. That's it's right. important. It's important. And we need to stop, you know, parentification. Are you are you familiar with that term? No. So parentification is literally when your child is parenting you. Whether that's emotionally or otherwise, children know too much about your life, your business, even the relationship you've had with his dad, like that's y'all's relationship. And someday he'll have questions about why it didn't work out and it's fair to tell him, but there's certain details he should never know because that was y'all's relationship. Relationship, that's right. You know, so a lot of children aren't even, we're seeing the results of a lot of kids who did not get to fully emotionally develop because they were parenting their parents. Emotion. And that and that is the one thing that I was real geared towards when it came to my children overall, that they would not have to be my parents because I understood that as as a child mm-hmm. myself. Um, no, that yeah, I think children should be allowed to be children, that they should be allowed to just experience life on the level that they need to experience life on at the ages that they are and just allow them the opportunity to grow and evolve as children they only have 18 years to be small children they got forever to be an adult so why rush them into that and and some people like you said some people are really forced in that space because they have no they have no other outlet or no other other means to to you know to process in that and if they're in a, an environment where it's not the best environment where they're taking care of the mother 
Um, and I'm not talking about just financially, but, you know, emotionally. I know of children emotionally that are taking care of the mother. You know, she's depressed or whatever she's going through. And they're making sure that she's good. They're, you know, nurturing on her and, you know, bringing her food to the bed because she don't want to get out of bed today. She's dealing with her own um, emotional trauma or her stress and needs to go find better help. But then that becomes this child or these children's like thing i've watched that i've seen that take place yeah i um i almost wish it was just required therapy the minute people are in a single parenting dynamic i look let me say this though 33 percent of couples that get premarital counseling have a better chance of staying married so that's to say everybody needs therapy they sure do um but I think a lot of times our pride doesn't want to accept that single parent dynamic is a traumatizing to a child, but it is. And it, it doesn't is. matter if you weren't married, you got divorced, however it came to be that way. It's still trauma. It's still trauma. And so a lot of, of adults, we're seeing they're still children because there's studies to reflect the fact that if you don't get help for whatever age you were traumatized at, you stay stuck at that age. So that's why we're seeing some 40 year old women acting 14 because their parents broke up when she was 14. She hasn't gotten help and she still emotionally processes that way. Mm -hmm. And so now we're living in, I kind of have this motto too. Princesses are father's daughters. Queens mm -hmm. are queen's wives. Listen. So I'm, not, I'm not interested <laughs> in I want the princess treatment from my husband. You have grown up now. So if you still want the princess treatment, go to daddy's house. We're a queen now. There's a different kind of treatment there. That's grown woman nurturing, but that's not the same as little girl expectations. We could talk about that kind of stuff all day long. Oh, listen, I'm going to have to invite you back for that one. And then um, there was another question that I wanted to ask you. Because, of course, you covered the role of a father. You covered the importance of his his role and the influence that um in relationship mother has and his relationship with his homeboys or what have you but when it comes to um and, and we talked about his needs in relationship with a woman but when a black man uh loves and commits how can women better relate to like how can they better relate to him in that dynamic once that man commits because i've seen really great guys get in um relationships that they seem they started off really great and and i i be at a loss of words when you know i get a call and i'm like well why are you guys like and they're telling me like it's this little stuff that he's sharing with me that started to take place and i'm like i don't know how to help you with that i'm here to just kind of listen but how can women when they do have a really good guy, because I've seen this happen to good dudes. So when they do have a good guy that's willing to, you know, I've watched good guys come along and actually marry women who had five and six children that were not his children. And mm -hmm. he goes to this dynamic and he does everything for this woman and her children. And, and it just goes to hell in a handbasket damn near once the kids are old enough to kind of for themselves like how 
how does how does that you know I don't know exactly how that happens or anything but how does how does a woman who and I feel like part of the problem of that is maybe this woman was by herself for so long that when she finally did get someone and you're coming into this dynamic and you've always been the one to tell your children what to do. You've always been the one to set the rules with your children. And now you have someone coming in that's stepping up to the plate to be this man in your life and to be this role model to your children. He's willing to be the bonus dad and it goes to hell in a handbasket over like the pettiest of stuff. What advice would you give to women who are able actually to find a good a good man to come in that may need to overcome that whole thing of having to be the masculine role and having to do it all and, and not knowing how to embrace that now you're not raising your, yeah, I know you were raising your children by yourself for the first 10 years by yourself, but now you actually have someone that says, I love you and I'm in this committed relationship with you. I gave you my last name. And so now I'm here committed to you and to these children. So now these children are my bonus kids. Like what advice would you give to a woman on working on some of that to where it doesn't disrupt? Hmm. Okay. So I first thought your question was going to be how do, how do black women love black men? Are we now asking how do black single moms treat the new the new man well no it was it's, it's a two-part question oh questions yeah okay. yeah so let's do your last question first sorry i'm moving this thing y'all it's on my lap because technical difficulty um children it's two people that made the child i really want to push the prioritization of as much as possible, children should at least have a relationship with their father's family. With their real father, yeah. We can't always control what the father wants to do about the children he's made with you. But be intentional that even if he's not, usually a grandmother will, some aunts will, because they just need to be connected to their DNA. We all wanna know who we are. And the next man is not who we are. That's not our relative. That's who you picked. But we always want to know who picked us. So that'd be the first thing. Second thing is, if the father is in the life, he's the father. So the the next man and the father need to come to some understanding. Work together. Mm -hmm. They make the single mom do too much work, in my opinion, with that. She's not the bridge um the father and the next guy are the bridge they need to have their own kind of relationship and understanding if we're going to do this in a healthy way yes and then then there's boundaries that are set among them and usually good men don't have a problem with that conversation they want to know then the, the next step is what is my role am i just your partner in the house and then, of course, kind of like I, if I came to your house and I hung out with you because we're friends, do I have as much say as the next, as your husband would because I'm just your friend? Or am I actually helping to co-parent? That's a discussion needs to be had in, in premarital counseling, not a discussion needs to be had after we're married. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation is there's the respect that they need to give me as the man in this house. And the man in the house. And then the res- and the respect as your partner now, which isn't the same kind of respect as a second parent, 
You know what I'm saying? That's a different mm-hmm. dynamic. But if I'm living here and I'm sharing the space, there's just certain things. Like I watched a video yesterday and a little boy, the woman, the mom and the guy were breaking up. So I already was out of order that the little boy was even watching the breakup. You know, our boundaries are just so ridiculous. Why is he even here? Exactly. But the the son was like, well, the guy was like, you don't let me discipline him. You don't let me anything. And little boy was like, nigga, be quiet, whatever. And I was like, wow. (laughs) And then the mom was still like, but what'd you break it up with me for? I was like, are you really asking that? But I believe that the son felt comfortable because he was laughing and stuff. I believe he was comfortable talking like that because probably the single mom was like, you're not his daddy. He, she, he's heard that from her. So now he's coming at him like, and I'm like, no, he's not your dad, but he's a black man in the home. In the home, that's right. There's certain ways we don't treat adults, relatives or not. So then there's that layer. Mm-hmm. And then the next layer is, well, do you trust me? Like, if you trust me enough to love you, you don't trust me enough to influence your kids? Because if you don't, we shouldn't be together. Exactly. So you should trust me that if you run to the store and I make an executive decision that they need to get off the internet or whatever decision I made, that that was a good call. Because if I can be with you, I can have say-so on the kids just out of basic respect of an adult. Remember exactly. back in the day we'd be in church and somebody could snatch you up out of a pew and they're not related to you at all because you out of order. Listen, or, or catch you somewhere doing something you had no business and snatch you up and get you home and the tell on you. to do that. The and we need to kind of get back that. to that. If you don't trust someone enough to influence your children, you should not be with them. That's right. And then as far as how do we just in general love black men better, black men don't hear love if respect is not attached. If you don't want to know how to respect a man, you should stay single. Because a big mistake that we make is we try to love them the way we want. We want. Mm -hmm. There's a a wish I could say, I could tell you her TikTok name because she's bomb. If I can find, I'll email it to you. But she has one of my favorite videos is she tells this story about on her man's birthday, I guess this was the last birthday he had. She was like, um, what do you want? He was like, I want meatloaf. And she was so excited. She's like, that's my man. He just what she said, you call my mama. She'd be like, you need to do this. Hey, you need to buy him this. She said, no, do what he said he wants you to do. Quit doing what, well, I'm going to get him, you know, some expensive shoes because I want some expense. That's not what they want. Men are so tired of not being listened to. And listen to is not heard. Listen literally means heed and obey. So I don't mean they're tired of you not obeying them. They're tired of you not heeding what they said. If you if you say, well, what do you need? And then you're like, well, now I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I want to do. Then you're not listening. <laughs> so no wonder you're, you're not. You, look, you, really didn't ask for, you really didn't ask to get clarity. You just was you trying to see if, if, if he going the way you thought he should be going with what you 100%. Wanted. And if men, if men are like, well, if you're not listening to me, why talk? So a lot of women are like, why aren't you talking more? Well, men don't talk more. Also science. But the ones that will are like, talk to you for what? You still going to do what you want to do. So just do what you want to do. Respect. The fact that women even get, uh, not all women, a lot of women. The fact that women even get wired when men say, I want respect and peace already lets me know they don't need to be in a relationship. Why is that triggering you so much? Don't you want some respect and peace? Exactly. What in the world? So that's, and, then, that's, and when they and when a woman 
I despise for a woman to emasculate a man. You a lot of women don't realize that's what they're doing because it's been modeled to them so long. It's not modeled to them just in their home. The media does it. You Do you realize how many shows slap men in the face, throw water at men, cuss at men? The very thing that, that women do to men, if men did it, they would be taken off the show. Mm-hmm. But it's entertainment. We're so used to seeing it, we don't even realize we're watching it. A woman can just slap a man right now and we'll just be like, and it's still abuse. Just because he can handle it doesn't mean it's not abuse. We've normalized abusing men. We don't want to talk about that either. No respect. Yeah, we don't. Want, we don't. And I, and and I, my 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 guy cousin and my dad told me that a long long time ago that a man feels most loved when he's respected, and a man 100%. feels most loved when he's heard. You know. 100%. Um, and, and there are a lot of men that have been saying what they want, <laughs> saying what they need, <laughs> and it's going in one ear <laughs> and coming out of the next. It's going I mean, in one if ear, you really sit next. and process, I want sex sandwich in a silence? That's all I want in a marriage? And that's too much for you to do? But, you know, we we would have to talk about sex another time, too. I say it often in my counseling. It's a responsibility in a relationship when you're married. It's not just something mm-hmm. you do because you feel like it. But single sex is programmed people to think you just do it when you feel like it. And what I mean by that is, no, we're not talking about somebody raping you. Good Lord, relax. What I'm <laughs> saying is, if you're not going to realize that a part that comes with a marriage contract is a sexual relationship, mm-hmm. say single Stay single mm-hmm. if you're gonna weaponize sex and you only gonna do it to get what you want stay single stay single if you don't realize one of the few times when a man you know the bible says naked and not ashamed one, the one of the few times when a man comes to a woman fully i prefer the word dependent over vulnerable because vulnerable means open to attack open to a, no dependent means looking for support so one of the few times when men are openly dependent with a woman is during sex. Mm-hmm. So why, even if you're not in the mood, watch how you refuse and why is it all this hostility? All you think about sex, I'm fine. Babe, can I get you Wednesday night? Like I'm B. A good man don't want to have sex with you if you don't want to have sex with him anyway. But treat it like a responsibility. Responsibility. Men need that. We need it too. We need it more than we think we do. I told y'all all the stuff that sperm does for you. You need it. and i guess and i guess some people should really work on like what advice would you give them for other levels of intimacy so that that the sex that they can see that as as not just like another task on you know so women won't see it just as another task on their to-do list like what other things could they do to enhance their intimacy that may so like massages are intimate um, even when you're on the couch, hand holding is intimate. Make sure you're intentional about touching your partner. Men need it too. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I wish people would go to premarital counseling just for sex alone. Like understand how you learned about it, what the media taught, what your girlfriends taught you, what your first experience taught you. Your first experience sets the tone more than people realize it does. I'm bring, I'm definitely bringing you back because I I mentioned this once before on my social media 
And um, I wanted to have a conversation about it, about those that may have had sex, you know, early at an early age, um, 15 or 16, and may not really understand that what is happening with how they're handling sex right now in their 30s and in their 40s. Um, I well, definitely want to bring you back. <laughs> Too, in yeah. college at an early age, you know, yeah, it, it blows my mind when I look at college students now. They look like they're 12 years old. We thought we were grown in college. We, we weren't. So it's like yeah. you had all this freedom, all these dorm rooms, and didn't know what we were doing in them. And so I think one that's another problem with our culture, too. Social media is amazing, right? Because oftentimes I can tell how old someone is talking because you, you sound a certain demographic. But for the most part, it's a hodgepodge. So we could literally mm-hmm. be sitting there arguing with a 19-year-old. We know a 19-year-old doesn't know what a 50-year-old knows. We know that. But everybody's throwing their own points of views in. And then it's literally amazing to watch how three years later, that same 19-year-old now is saying what you said three years before. Mm-hmm. I've come to a revelation that so I tell <laughs> people often, stand on your square. Do not dumb yourself down on these social media streets. Mm-mm, do not. Because they don't have, even Kenya television is trash. Mm-hmm. I grew up with a different world. Now you talk to a 20 year old, they never heard of a different world, which is mind boggling, but it makes sense. When you look, like I was just flipping channels and looking at TLC yesterday, just the whole mm-hmm. school of programming was trash. Husband seeking husband, 90 days, all just trash. So they're not even seeing programming of two unit homes, healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not seeing a lot of black love on TV at all. I've been so sick of seeing these interracial couples on these commercials, I haven't known what to do. So I went to see why. Um, And PS, before y'all come, that demographic, (laughs) my children are products of an interracial relationship, but I'm still very pro black love. So I was like, why am I not seeing more black couples? They literally have upticked it 40% interracial relationships. And a part of the reason why is because they say they don't want to compete with the love and hip hop, Mona Scott Young, Andy Cohen, black foolishness to make it programmed that it should be different than than what they're showing. Isn't that wild? It's super wild. It is super, super wild. You don't want us to see functional black couples? What in the world? It's super wild. And, and 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 I'm hoping that we get a little bit more positivity on TV when it comes to that. And I will, you know, I commend Tyler Perry for his Fatima show simply because he's 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 shedding light on situations, but he's also giving solutions in that. Mm-hmm. Like if if you, I think that when you point out problematic situations, if you just leave the problem a problem. You should have left that off television. You, you yeah. didn't have to put that on there. You could have kept that to yourself. That's the space that I'm in when it comes to that. But I could literally, Shelly, I could talk to you forever you and too, ever. Kendra, all day long. We say it was one hour and 41 minutes. <laughs> and so I thank you so much for your time. I thank you for um, getting on here and just sharing with us and educating us and empowering us with this information. Would you like to tell the people where they could connect with you if there happens to be a marriage couple or someone that needs 
you know, your services when it comes to therapy or counseling? How could they reach you? It's real simple. Shelly R. Warren at Gmail. I don't do social media and I do not have a website. Although a website's coming because I'm about to write my third book. Okay. But for right now, Shelly R. Warren at Gmail. Um, and, and what about the books? Where could they get those? So if you Google, because um, there's several outlets, but Amazon's a given. So the first book is called Inside of Me, Lessons of Lust, Love, and Redemption. And the second book is called Pure Heart. Um, okay. Way more married to Inside of Me. Pure Heart was like, um, I used to tour with an organization that got people out of porn and sex addiction. So the oh, book wow. was an extension okay. for that. But inside of me is like my baby. Basically, it's like if you want to read what my 20s were like and then save it for your children so they don't do what I did, get that book. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I thank you so much, Shelly. I will be in touch because we're going to do this again. Kenya, again it was again. a pleasure. And I'm proud of it you. It was definitely a pleasure. Like, thank you so much. that intentional about being healthy. not And not because of... I'm not proud of you because you're a single mom. I'm not proud of you because you're a boss woman. I'm proud of you because you're intentional about getting healthy. That is rare right through here. So good for you. I salute that. Thank you so much. And I will be in touch, Shelly. Thank you, Okay, guys, until next time. You too. Until next time, I'm your girl, Kenya Nicole, everybody's favorite big sis. And this has been another episode of On Your Shit Podcast.